You are warmly welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for world of digital built environment. Let's start the journey to a sustainable urban future together by unlocking urban supersensing. Hello and welcome to this episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Jack Geary and I recently sat down with Rune Hoos Karlstad, the business developer for AEC Oil and Gas at Vario Technologies. Our conversation covered the challenges and opportunities involved with using AR and VR technologies in the modern built environment, alongside exploring how companies and clients alike can draw benefit from timely informed feedback. Rain, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Can you tell us a little bit about your career to date and what you and your team are currently working on? Yeah, of course. So today I'm working at uh, Vario Technologies. Uh, before that, I'm coming from a 10 years experience in the AC industry. I started uh, out like originally as a construction worker, as a, like a skilled worker for the concrete and the reinforcement. And I went to the BIM Technical School here in Norway after a couple of years uh, working outside in the rain. And I really found that working together with like computers and also in the industry really like touched me. So it's really, really fun. After that, I had a couple of years in, in Rumble where I worked as a BIM coordinator doing implementation of uh, like various different softwares and being like a BIM manager in a couple of uh, like really cool projects. Before joining Vario, uh, I work for Dimension 10, so it's a VR startup company based in Oslo here in Norway. Uh, where I've been working together with uh, new and potential new clients on how to implement and how to use virtually and augmented reality in their in their companies. So how does this year's theme of urban super sensing play a part in your daily work? When it comes to the, uh, the sensoring part, as we do develop and create our own VR headsets, like the sensors we have in them that enables us to do physical scannings around you, and we'll also be using uh, different types of sensor for motion tracking, hand tracking, uh, facial recognition, eye tracking, uh, such as that. And all of this can enable uh, really good collaboration. So given your background working with BIM, um, have you seen a change in how clients and customers are engaging in the current environment? Yeah, so working for BIM for almost eight years now, in various different uh, levels. Uh, I really see, uh, I would say in the last two, two and a half years, a really big growth when it comes to understanding of what BIM really is. Because I think BIM has been really, people thought it was just like a 3D model and hasn't really understand what the, like, what the thing really is about. And it's really fun now to see that people uh, put more effort into planning and to, uh, on how to implement it. And not just looking at the tools, but also the processes and the humans involved. So it's really fun to see that it's actually getting a, a good grasp uh, in the world as well. But especially looking at Northern Europe, as I would say, the leading. And when it comes to like open BIM and uh, remote collaboration. Could you speak to the current state of VR and AR technologies? Uh, are there any obstacles to engagement that you're currently dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. Looking at VR and AR, it's still quite a new technology for a lot of people. And uh, it's not like the everyday uh, Joe uh, would use it uh, as it is for now, but looking into the new generations coming into, uh, into the market now, it makes it more and more easy. And I think together with the ease of use as the hardware, but also as the technology itself getting more mature, 
it's easier for people to get the hang of it. And looking into the like type of clients and customers that we have at Dimension 10, putting a VR headset on someone's face that haven't really like to have their like a PlayStation controller in their hand. It's quite terrifying for a few or a few people to have your eyes shut and something completely different in your hands. And you can see all of them just or some of them just stops working almost. So it's really fun to see how little that uh, makes to like to tip over the human mind when it comes to it. But from our experience is that bringing VR, it needs to be like VR is, is still something new uh, and the metaverse and stuff like that. It's just still something huge and new for a lot of people. So what we discovered really early on in the like development of Dimension 10 uh, was that having an interface menu and UX uh, similar to what like the human are used to basically. So what the tablet uh, or the menu is a tablet that enables like a touch function. So you can actually use your fingers to, to control it. And that makes it heaps more easier for uh, normal people to use instead of having all these buttons on the controllers to, to click around on. When it comes to the integration of these technologies, are there opportunities or perhaps threats that we're not fully aware of at this time? Well, I think people tend to underestimate how what like really the potential are when it comes to actually experience your models in 3D. Because looking how how on most of the designs are done to today, they are done on a 3D models doing on a 2D screen, just a computer screen, and it's really hard to fully understand the design or the layout that's being done. And looking into how clients include uh, building users, nurses, stuff like that, it's really hard for them to understand a 2D drawing, to understand the space that they're given when they're starting to work at that place. But using 3D models and using virtual reality, they can actually experience the models one-to-one -one scale as they would uh, as they would have been there, as the building would be finished. So you can see like a, it's huge benefit on the time it takes for uh, everyone to like to understand the like the basics, and also how long it takes to like to get some feedback on it because you can use days looking at paper drawings and not fully getting the grasp of what you're building or what you're getting. Uh, but being inside VR, it's getting much more efficient. So could you give us an example of the feedback process? Sure. So using it as an example, uh, it's an architectural firm that's a client uh, of us today. It's called Artec. They're doing some refurbishment of one of the public schools here in, uh, here in Norway. And what they did before, on an <clears throat> earlier project, they were usually just bringing people in, looking at renderings, pictures, photos, stuff like that. And they would usually get like maybe one or two uh, like comments from the building owners or the users of the building. But after a while, they uh, set up like a VR stations for everyone to come in and look at their new workstation or worksite. And they see at least 10 to 15 comments from each people now or each guy uh, being inside VR. So it's really fun to see like the, the understanding, but also it brings a lot more questions. And I think that's a really good thing because it enhances the design. Are there any key or recurring challenges that you and your team have encountered when it comes to implementing VR or AR solutions for clients? Uh, some of the challenges I met is that you try to use new a new tool, but you're trying to fit that into the old process. So we would be trying to drive a car as you would ride a horse back in the day. And I think that maybe is like the, the largest one, the uh, uh, largest obstacle uh, as it is today, because people just try to force it in 
and they tend to underestimate how huge the impact it actually have on the workflow. It's always a tough one to, to predict the future, but I think what we see as AR, VR, XR, MR today, uh, it will at some time get them better mixed together. It will still get a bit, a little bit more uh, mixed and it will be see heads that they can do similar things. Just looking at the XR3, for example, that can that it could do a VR, but also AR. So it would have pass-through video uh, that enables really high resolution models to be, to be displayed in front of you. Would you say implementing positive change would require technological adjustment or would it be more of a shift in attitude from your clients, customers or end users? It's a tough question. I think it's the, the practical uh, when it comes to implementation and presenting a new tools. Uh, looking from my own experience, trying to present a new tool to an industry that's, I wouldn't say fed up with new technology, but they haven't really get the or seen the benefit that everyone is promising with these uh, new types of tools and new types of processes. And I think that's due a little bit to yeah, poor planning, as mentioned earlier but not like fully embrace how this technology is actually meant to be used as well. VR and AR tools have proven incredibly popular and useful when it comes to remote conferencing. Was there any helpful insight or challenging learning that you took away from the recent period of COVID disruption? Yeah, so speaking or looking at the dimension 10 perspective, we thought that we really had the one of the solutions in the market that would really help the AC industry to do more collaboration when it came to home office use. Uh, as it were in, here in Norway, most of the companies were, were forced to do home offices. But what we saw that were people were still trying to learn how to use like Microsoft Teams and shared notes and SharePoint and all like the basics. And that it was a little bit too big of uh, like a step of one of many people to get into VR, also looking at the hardware uh, needed to run VR meetings. You could run Microsoft Teams on a like, quite small laptop, but running high-end VR meetings, you would have some sort of higher computer and VR glasses to set up. And there's not that many people that are, what do we say, <laughs> too deep like into the technology and can connect all the, like, the cables and sensors and, and stuff like that uh, themselves. And also looking at some of how the companies did it, they, I wouldn't say like they closed their, closed their wallets and stuff, but the budgets got really tight because they were so afraid of what the like damages COVID could bring to their like total earnings and the budgets. Are there any platforms, trends or practices that are really exciting to see, especially as the sector starts to open up again? Speaking from like a VR Dimension 10 perspective, we have really seen the, like the benefits that VR could, uh, could bring. And having some client meetings and joining them for some of the, the presentations and design reviews they have done, looking into how people understand the, uh, not just the 3D model, but the, the like uh, everything around you uh, and the, the possibility to scan the surroundings around you. You can bring experts on site together with you in a, in XR environment would be like much more uh, effic efficient for a lot of companies instead of trying to use just like a normal call, for example. So it's really hard to, to tell, but I think the uh, VR, MR, XR uh, glasses, uh, or what you would call them in, in the future, will give us a completely different way to look at information and to display information in our everyday lives. And finally, Rune, can you give us a taste of what you're going to be talking about as part of your keynote speech for WDBE 2021? Sure. 
So I will be sharing some of my experiences coming from AF Group and the general contractor where I implemented VR as a tool in an infrastructure project here in Norway. And uh, alongside with that, I wrote a VDC certification for Stanford University, where I uh, researched the benefits uh, VR could bring to the project and the benefits that we overall saw in the project. And I will also talk a little bit about Body Hotel Part 1.0. Uh, what type of features that will what will bring in the future rune that's fantastic thanks so much for your time and take care thanks for listening join us at wdbe.org